Greetings and welcome to The Wizard in the Wild Season 2. And wow, what what a few months it's been. It's actually been nine months since I last recorded an episode. Basically the time of a pregnancy. And although I haven't given birth to a baby, I definitely feel like I've given birth to a new version of myself. And I thought it was finally time to come back to this space, to talk about it, to share And to be honest and vulnerable and to share the magic of life and the flow of all good juju and all of the great exciting things. And I couldn't think of a better person to do it with than Hadir. You all met Hadir in season one several times actually. And she's back today, but this time to interview me or to help guide this conversation to really unpack and explore all of the adventures of this last period. So Hadir, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Honestly, your introduction, I couldn't help but smile. Like if you if you were to see me right now, I have the biggest smile on my face. I love that. <laughs> well, so do I because actually, and we have to just start by talking a little bit about you. Because what's incredible is that when we recorded your episode, which was almost a year ago exactly, mm. you were working in a school, but you were thinking about opening your own school, but it was also very fluid. And today you are recording this from your own school in Dubai that you're opening. And it's just, wow, it's incredible. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. And I mean, honestly, like what a year can do, what a year can bring. It's wild. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you say this because, um, Ever since I moved to Dubai, I've listened to our episode like maybe twice. And I just can't recognize the person that I was. Mm. Uh, And it's crazy how much like you can evolve just by moving to another place, meeting different people, leaving, you know, like this past version of yourself behind. I mean, it's so funny because actually, as you know, this weekend (laughs) I was um, at a wedding Mm. and I was with people that are related to a past time in my life and it was a bit like revisiting this old version of myself and it was so funny because there was so much familiarity with so many things and I could almost feel the way that I used to feel back then like just in terms of who I was or like the way that I used to think or the things I used to do even and that was only two years ago and then to look at who I am today and the things I've experienced and and the way that I've evolved, it actually gave me so much hope because I thought, wow, I mean, two years in the grand scheme of life is so short. I mean, it's so short. And yet the transformation is incredible. Mm. It's like a full cycle for you, you know? Well, I mean, it's just, it's endless. I mean, I always think about this as that's the thing. It's like the spiral of life. Cause I was also having a conversation with a friend who reached out to me, who I hadn't spoken to in a long, long time. And I suddenly had this perspective on my life where I thought, wow, if I was to tell her what was happening in my life, what would I say? And in some ways, like in some ways my life is so different. And at the same time, my life hasn't changed at all. And we kind of go through this spiral of life and we just keep learning different lessons, but at a different level. It was, you know, one of those moments when you kind of see yourself from outside, which was a bit disconcerting, but always, always enlightening. 
That makes me want to ask you something. Mm, go for it. So, you know, I, I read this thing a couple of days ago and I was saying, you know, the people that you meet are either a reflection of a repeated cycle that didn't work mm. or they're guiding you towards a new start. Mm. And, you know, the only way that you can kind of break away from a cycle is adopting these new behaviors that you have to embody in yourself in order to like shift things in your life. You, you you just said like your life hasn't changed at all, but it's changed in so many ways. What are the, mm -hmm. what's the essence, you know, what's the core that stayed the same and what shifted for you? Well, it's funny because it's good and bad. You know, when I had that thought about myself, it wasn't necessarily a positive one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were speaking the other day and we were saying how like it's these past couple of months have been like a washing machine. <laughs> and like you perfectly. At least mm. I felt. I feel like the collective has been on like a cycle, 60 degree wash, and we're all just being spun <laughs> at 1200 rounds a minute, you know? Um, I think the theme has been, I would actually say alchemy rather than change. I think it's been about alchemizing experiences into something new. And it's also been about one basically one of the th when i was thinking about how i wanted to prepare for today what we would speak about and again it's so funny because i can literally feel the anxiety in me as i'm talking but it's that actually it's been a year of incredible faith and trust and entrusting the way things turn out so i went through a breakup at the beginning of the year which was very unexpected, at least from the way I experienced it. And frankly, it was quite a shock and was quite a, um, I think it made me doubt myself a lot. And I think it made me, I was really questioning, you know, why has this happened? Why is this happening? Like, what does this mean? I almost felt like I'd, like I, like my judgment had been wrong in some way, you know? Mm. But what's really funny about it is that it meant that my reaction to it was I went home and I went home and I spent three weeks with my family and I've never done that in my entire life. I mean, I've never been home after a breakup. I've never really gone and spent three weeks at a time. And this was honestly just time where I was just, I mean, I was working remotely, but you know, I, I made it a quieter pace and I was just really enjoying quality time with my mom and my sister. And, and I didn't really think anything of it. Okay. Until my mom suddenly got diagnosed uh, with breast cancer. And I realized, I was like, wow, like, thank God that breakup happened. Because if that breakup hadn't happened, I would never have been to spend all that time with my mom. And when she was diagnosed, I was so grateful that I'd had that time with her when there was nothing wrong. You know, she was probably sick at that time, but we didn't know. And so we got to actually just really enjoy being together in ways that we hadn't done in a really long time. Mm. And so, and even with that whole journey, and we can come back to it maybe, but, you know, that happened and that again, like made me question so many things. So I went from, when she got diagnosed, I was so freaked out. And it's funny because I think you hear the word cancer and you think death. 
At least that's what I thought. And maybe you, at least my experience of it was, you know, people who've had it, you know, people who've recovered, you know, people who haven't recovered. But when it's your own parent, at least for me, it was just so, it really shook the ground underneath my feet at a time when I didn't feel that the ground was very stable anyway, because this thing that I thought was stable had also gone. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck's happening, you know? Mm. But then I really used that as a launch pad actually into again alchemizing it. Okay, how can I how can I maximize every day? How can I make choices that will bring me joy? So for example, one of the things that was quite funny that came out of um my mum not being well was so at the time I found out I was moving to Portugal. And that's also a very funny story because the way that I moved to Portugal was I mean, I literally was speaking to a friend on the phone and I said, yeah, I've been thinking about going to Portugal for a month or, you know, to just, I don't know, it was just an idea that came and I'm talking to this friend and she says, oh, I, you've just made me think of my friend Vincent, who's in Portugal. I said, oh, okay, Vincent. Yeah. Sounds like a nice guy. She's like, let me get in touch with Vincent. And then Vincent put me in touch with someone who I managed to find like an apartment through the dates that I wanted, very affordable. I thought, fantastic, I'm going to go. And I go to Portugal and I get into all of this like sound. I mean, I always used to do sound healing, but I get more and more into this kind of, um, you know, energetic world, which I was already on a path anyway, but I decide to use that time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to launch Empower. So I'm going to launch my life coaching business. I'm going to launch, I'm going to really embody my power in that way. And I'm going to really offer something to the world and see what comes out of it. And although I've always loved sound healing, you know, to receive it, I want to start offering it. And a big part of that was, you know, when you're into sound healing, if you're working with it in some ways, you know, it, it does help the body heal itself. And I thought, okay, I want to get this for my mum. Well, part of it was definitely inspired by that. So I spend a month in Portugal. And whilst I'm in Portugal, I start thinking, mm, where do I want to go to next? And I think, okay, maybe I want to go to Ibiza. And I say to a friend in Portugal, I made a new friend. I said, yeah, I'm thinking of going to Ibiza. And she says, oh, I have a friend in Ibiza. <laughs> and she puts me in touch with this guy who knows someone, who knows someone, who finds me an apartment again. And I'd actually said to the universe, I said, I'm only going to go to Ibiza if I can go on these exact dates and for this exact price, because it has to be affordable and it has to be these dates. And it didn't seem like it was working out. And all of the people that this person put me in touch with were like, oh no, I don't know if I can do it. Or maybe it's a bit late because I was doing it very last minute. And then this woman wrote back to me and she said, oh, my apartment's free from this day to this day and here's the price. And it was literally exactly what I'd asked for, like that I'd set the intention for. I said, okay, it's a sign, I'm going to Ibiza. But before going to Ibiza, I go home and I have my my mother calls them my magic balls, or I suppose I call them my magic balls. And I was like, mommy, I've got these magic balls and they're going to help heal you. And it was so funny because she was quite resistant to it. And now she's like, oh yeah, like what about your magic balls? But at the time she was just like, yes, that sounds very freaky. I don't think I, <laughs> I, don't think I want to do it. And I think she even texted my father and she said, Emily's got these, um, got these magic balls or quote unquote magic balls. They sound very nice but I'm not going to say anything more about it in writing. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> so anyway, so I spent that time with her and she was going through her chemo 
And then I go off to Ibiza. And I suppose where I'm really going with this is that amongst this whole period of everything falling apart in many ways, of feeling so confused, of feeling really quite traumatized, actually, um, and quite scared, you know, scared by what this all meant and, you know, what might become. It was also a time where it really reminded me of the magic of life because everything just unfolded perfectly. You know, I was in Portugal. I met all the right people at the right time and I had the most incredible experiences. I go home. I have this great time with my family. I go to Ibiza and Ibiza was just unbelievable. And it's very funny because anyone who knows me knows that I don't drink. So they're like, you in Ibiza? Really? And there's actually a huge community in Ibiza, which is, you know, completely aside from the parting. But I also love to, I love to dance. So I, I literally got the best of both worlds and I had friends come and go. And again, and I was just meeting so many people. And even like, even now, you know, so then I came back to Cairo and, um, and things unfolded more in that respect. And then I had to go to London for work last week. And I mean, this story still blows my mind. So I was telling you how I went for brunch and there was this man sitting next to me and I, I just felt this pull towards him. So I just started talking to him and it turns out he's going through chemo too. So I also noticed that since my mom was going through chemo, I started meeting lots of people who were going through it or who had experienced it or their parents had experienced it. And he was the most incredible man, you know, and he was just so, he was just so amazing. He was so full of wisdom actually. And he, he's been married for 50 years and he was telling me all of these things and we were talking and he was talking about me and he just suddenly looked at me and he said, my dear, an open heart is a rarity and you have an open heart and it may take time, but you will find the places and the people that are aligned with that. And I actually cried because it was just such a beautiful moment. And that same day, and it was the full moon, it all felt very witchy. I suddenly had this thought of my brother who I hadn't seen in a while. And then I'm on a bus in London and I look out of the window and I see my brother walking by. And it was just so bizarre. And again, it was just, everything has kind of unfolded perfectly. And it's almost like I think of people and then they suddenly call me. All of these synchronicities keep happening. And so even then at this wedding that I was at this weekend, as you know, it was like all of these things from the past, but also these new things and exciting things and um, unexpected things. And I think it's just a constant reminder to, you know, we think we know best, but we know nothing at all. And to just have faith. Well, this actually reminded me of something that you said on one of your episodes. Mm. Was on our episode. Mm. Um, we, you know, we're constantly trying to imagine a future a certain way, but what if it's beyond our imagination? Right, the way that we're thinking of it is so limiting. And when, as you as you were sharing this whole like journey, everything that happened this year. I remember when you found out they were they were going to Ibiza and Portugal. You're like Hadid, you know. I wrote this down like a year ago, like last oh, month. That is that is nuts. Okay, that is nuts because it's like you manifested this, and maybe the way that you envisioned it was not the way that it played out, but mm. it's exactly the way that it needed to play out for you. You know mm. what I mean? No, so that is freaky. So I actually, yeah, it is crazy. So I wrote down. And it, it was early January 
And I was writing down my travel ideas for the year, places I wanted to go, people I wanted to see. And one of them was I wrote LA with Jenna. And Jenna is one of my closest, most adored, fabulous friends. And I didn't really know how that was going to happen. I mean, I literally just wrote it down and I wrote down several things, several places and, you know, summer on an island. And I did. And I wrote Ibiza and I wrote Portugal, question mark. And I wrote all of these different things. And what was wild is in April, I suddenly, so Jenna called me and Jenna said, what's been going on? I said, well, you know, life's kind of taken a, a bit of a strange turn. Here's what's been happening. And she said, come to LA. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe it seemed a bit insane. I mean, literally it was like, I think with less than two weeks notice. And again, I set the intention. I said, okay, universe, I want to go to LA, but it has to be, it has to work basically. So I found return flights to LA for $150. Crazy. No, it's insane. Because I literally put, I was like, I, I was like, I'm only going if it's going to work. And then I reached out to an old friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to in a while, but I used to live with at university who I adore called Patty and uh, Patricia. And I said, Patricia, I'm coming to LA. She said, come and stay with me. Why don't you come and spend a week? So I ended up spending two weeks in LA. I spent a week with Patricia, a week with Jenna. And when I came, and I'd actually forgotten about what I'd written down. So when I came back from LA and I was looking through my journal and I saw I'd written down LA with Jenna and I thought, oh my God. And you're right. Even Ibiza, even Portugal, it all kind of, it all just flows. And I think the hardest thing, and that's, that's what was really hard for me to learn or to let go of, because it's very easy when things are going right to trust. Mm. It's very easy when you're having a really good time and you're like really in love or like works fantastic, whatever it is you think, yeah, you think, oh, this is like, yeah, like everything works out because right then everything is working out. So you can see how everything led you to where you are. But when you lose that thing or you lose that job that you really thought you wanted or whatever it is, if you were so sure of it or you thought you were so sure of it, you as a concept can have faith. You're like, oh, no, but it's it means something better is coming. But the truth is, it's really hard to embody that until you do then have that new experience. You're like, oh, yeah, that's why that's why this happened. And it's like the mindset that you uh, kind of embody throughout like how can I learn from this? What is this teaching me? How can I enjoy and bask in the significant things that whatever it's bringing, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, actually, I mean, it's funny because someone, so this old friend who reached out to me the other day reminded me, she said something like, I was really sorry to hear about your mom, but I was really happy to hear that it was at a time when your life was at its most exciting and I have no doubt that you'll that you're still basically living your best life no matter what shit might come your way. Mm. And I replied to her and I said, I'm still making lemonade out of lemons. I know no other way. And that was actually the mindset that helped me with all of this was when everything kind of happened, and like I said, it all kind of happened in a very tight time frame. I said, okay. I have no idea. Like at the point, I know this sounds ridiculous now and, you know, touch wood, thank God, literally, thank God. My mom is on the mend, things are looking really positive and good. I, I'm almost afraid to say all the good things, so I don't want to jinx them. But there are a lot of good things. <laughs> there are a lot of really good things. But at the time, I literally, I couldn't even see six months ahead. And 
when my mum first got diagnosed, I suddenly had this like panic. I was like, oh my God, what if she's not here in six months? You know, like mm. I, I really couldn't. I was like, what? And what does that mean for my sister? And what does that mean for, you know, like so many layers? And what, like, there were, it just brought up so much stuff. Mm. But the one thing that I was very sure about is I said, okay, no matter what happens, I don't want to have spent these next six months feeling sorry for myself. I don't want to have wasted them. So I want to have lived my best life. I want to look back. And do you know what's so funny as well, by the way, is that like I had an ex-boyfriend, someone from a few years ago, who used to say to me, you know, where would you go if you were like single, if you if we weren't together or for whatever, where would you go? And I used to say to him, I used to say, oh, I'd probably move to Ibiza. I'd never lived in Ibiza in my life, by the way. It was just something I always felt. And I was like, Halas, this is my time. You know, like, this is something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to do it. And I really gave myself that permission and that freedom. And you know what's so funny is that it has been so hard going through all of that and everything that it's brought with it. And at the same time, people tell me that I have never looked better. They're like, it's Emily. True. No, it's crazy. See, are people are like, Emily, you're glowing. Emily, you're this. Emily, you're that. And I think it's the freedom and the expansion. I think it's also the way that you carried yourself with grace. I think um, my biggest lesson from your experience was, you know, not to not to resist whatever comes up, to to befriend it, and um, mm. and to honor to honor how you feel in that you know present moment mm. you know, today, and you're you you're not feeling so strong, so you're going to protect your energy today, and then mm. tomorrow it's like nothing shifts faster than energy, right? So. It's so brave to to carry yourself with such grace, I think, and it's so inspiring. Thank you. Well, it reminds me of a poem that I'm actually going to read out because it's one of my favorite ones by Rumi called The Guest House. Mm. And it's exactly on this. And it says, This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture still. Treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Mm. And I love it because I think I never felt that. I've always loved that poem, but I've never felt it more than this year when it's like, you know what, like even even the shit stuff, even the pain, even the confusion, even the betrayal, the heartbreak, the letdown, the fear, the whatever it is, it is cleansing you. And it's opening I, you up to the right thing. Mm. No, I was going to say I relate so much as well because I think for me, I, I was constantly... Uh, you know, thinking that I was healing, but I was mm. isolating myself and mm. don't really start healing until you're in community uh, because that's when you're given the opportunity to do things differently. And it's not, on, it's not until recently that I started welcoming these experiences, you know, the shitty ones, the good ones, and, and just noticing how I react differently or I don't and accepting it, you know, like if I... If I fall back in the cycle and once, then it's just a reminder that I have more work to do in that part. You know what I mean? Mm. 
And also, you know, to trust that, because this was the fun, this was actually what was crazy about Ibiza, because when you talk about the grace, it was also then, and the freedom and the magic. I mean, Ibiza is a magical place anyway. It has an incredible energy. And they say that it's the island of women. And they say it's an island of Scorpio and Gemini. And it's funny because I was meeting so many Scorpios. And um, I, I really gave myself permission to, I mean, anything. I, I literally, it, it, it kind of changed my life. And it was such a simple thing, but it was like that there was really nothing to fear because actually everything that I could have feared suddenly happened. And I feel like that's a lesson that I keep learning in life. And you realize there's nothing to fear because it's happened. You're still here. You're still breathing. You're still alive. And you may have some grief, but you're also going to have a lot of joy, you know, and love. And every morning in Ibiza, I would wake up and I would say, okay, what's going to bring me joy today? What right this second? And, and that was as far as I would look. I didn't even tell. And that's what was, I mean, that was what was amazing about being there is I didn't even have to tell people I was there because it's the kind of place where people are always coming and going. So I had loads of friends just that I was always connecting with, but I made so many and I was meeting all the right people at the right time. And there was a particularly funny moment where I met someone and really I felt like the stars were aligning. And one of the funny things as well is I had to rent a car. And so I don't drive a manual, although I did, I do now. And, uh, and so at first when I got this manual car, and it's almost like a metaphor for life, it's like I got this car that I didn't know how to drive, okay? So it's like I'm in this new situation in life and I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I'm like, I didn't really want this. I didn't want a manual. What the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? How does this work? And, and you know what's so funny? I mean, this is so embarrassing. But when when I first got this car, I, had, I couldn't even fucking park it because I couldn't figure out how to put it in reverse. <laughs> Because you had to like, you know, obviously I knew that it had to go like right and back, but to get it into reverse, you had to like pull it up and out, which I, I just didn't realize because in my, in the cars I've always driven, you've pushed it down. So I just couldn't understand why it was going forwards when I was trying to reverse. And I realized it was because it was in sixth gear. <laughs> and it was just like revving all around this car park. It was so embarrassing. Anyway, so it's like slowly you start to figure out. So slowly you figure out how to reverse, you know. And so you build your confidence. And so at first you do very small trips in the car. So like at first you're healing, you do like little small adventures. And then suddenly I find myself driving around the island all hours, day and night, driving myself and my friends to parties, doing whatever. And also because I don't drink, I'm like, I don't drink anyway. So I'm the designated driver. And so this one night I found myself and it's like, literally like going to this concert and it's late at night. And I'm, I realized that I'm driving so smoothly. And I realized that the car, like it doesn't jolt anymore and there's no more fear or anxiety. And I'm so relaxed driving this car. And I realized I was also so relaxed in my life. And I get to this place and I meet someone who I know of her through a family friend, but she's also like well-known in her own right for, you know, for what she does. And so I kind of approached her and I said, you know, this is going to sound really weird, but we've actually connected through Instagram before, but I also happen to know so-and-so who knows you. And we hit it off and we had this incredible conversation, this incredible evening. And I was talking to her about someone and I said, you know, I think you'd really enjoy this particular thing. I don't really want to say names, but anyway, I said, you, you, I think you'll be really interested by this brand and this person. But I, again, I'd never met that person, but, but I was speaking about her. The next day I go to another event and this person that I've just spoken about is there. And I connect with this person and we exchange numbers. And I just said, God, how weird, because I'm actually now, even though 
I didn't think that ever that I would suddenly be here in Ibiza in this way. It's exactly where I need to be. I'm meeting all the right people. I'm literally, I'm saying things and they're coming true. So also a reminder, be careful what you ask for, because literally ask and you shall receive. And it was just, it just brought me so much peace. And so now it's like, of course I have moments. I mean, we all do, we're human, where you're just like, oh my God, why is this happening? And what do I do? And stress or anxiety or whatever, whatever it is. But then I just, I just laugh. And it's like when I saw my brother out of the, the bus, I started laughing and I was like, everything in divine timing, everything. We're so divinely guided, Wallahi. Every time we are and every time we forget it and every time we're reminded of it. Yeah, but you know, I, I think, Yanni, I fall in love a little bit with anyone who shows me their soul. Mm. Because like you said, you know, in the beginning, you were so fearful and you were so guarded. And I think in, you know, so many of us are in a way and, and a lot of people are so disconnected. So to keep your, your heart open, like you said, is a rarity. Well, that's the other funny thing is, you know, you've got to be very aware, I think, of where you're at in your life because, you know, your experience mirrors your reality. So like I was saying, when my mom got sick, I suddenly started meeting all of these people who were also going through something or who had healed from it, actually. That was very interesting. I was meeting a lot of people who were healing from cancer or had, you know, not just survived, but thrived and like completely changed their lives. And even, you know, with the heartbreak, when it first happened, I was being approached by all of these men <laughs> and I, I just knew, and I would just, they'd kind of approach me and I would just say, so when, when did you, when did your last relationship end? And I would say, are you over it? <laughs> they would say no. And I just knew, cause I knew that I was in that energy. So I knew that that's what I was also bringing in. So it's also being that's very like, scary. why is it scary? I need mean, it's just how powerful we are. Yeah. But that's like, it's so freeing. Because you have, do you know what it's like the image that I told you about the it's other day? So it's, like, and, and it's so hard to like be in a, in a, in a heartbreak and, and look at the good and look at like, well, what is this teaching you? Any, the average person will be in the mentality, I'm a victim, you know, and they'll yeah, pity but, themselves, feel sorry for themselves. And But the thing bravery. is, is that I, looking at the good parts doesn't mean that you don't feel pain. I mean, I always say that I think at least my something I learned over the last couple of years was I honestly think grief and love are the same thing in some way you know if you feel a depth of love you'll also feel a depth of grief and that's okay you can you can hold the positive of something and still feel grief and yet still feel joy and excitement but I think it's about being very that's what I mean about being conscious about the life that you want to live for yourself and sometimes yeah it's about parenting yourself in a hard way you know yeah we can all sit home and eat crispy creams all day but I know that that's not going to make me feel good. What's going to make me feel good? I mean, Ibiza, okay, I want to go be at one with nature. I want to go swim. I want to cleanse. I want to go and connect with people. I want, you know, things that are going to be wholesome. And it's like addiction, whether it's an addiction to negative thoughts or an addiction to drugs, at the end of the day, you're taking part in something which is feeding you, but negatively. So there comes a point in time when it's like, are these thoughts actually helping me? And it's like, so I went to this wedding and there was, you know, someone from my past there and someone came up to me at this wedding and they said, oh, do you and this person like speak? I thought it was a weird question. Anyway, I said, no, you know, I haven't spoken to him in 
two years and they said, how do you feel? I said, what do you mean? How do I feel like it's in the past? And he said to me, well, you know, as you probably know, this happened and, da, 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 da. and they start telling me all this stuff. And I said, I honestly have no idea about any of this because I never wanted to know. And I don't want to know. It's not my business. You know, like, why are you polluting my mind? Like, it's so, why do I want to, it's a choice. So you basically have a choice to then, I literally had this thought this morning. It's like, you don't go to the Nile to drink water. You know, you don't go and say, oh, I'm going to drink this dirty water that's full of God knows what and expect mm. to feel good. Mm. You know, I want this to model- me of, uh, of something that I read by uh, Jay Shatin. He was, he was talking about how when he went to monk school and they were like meditate, practicing meditation you know it's like you know you you brush your teeth every morning right mm. and you and you take a shower and you do all these things for your physical hygiene but then we forget in our emotional hygiene also needs this constant cleansing every morning his his teacher described it like you know you turn off the lights and you and you turn them on and there's so much dust uh, and you start cleaning and you start cleaning you come back the next day and you turn them on and there's what do you know the dust accumulates and we think in our emotional, I think a lot of us abandon our emotional body mm. I, uh, and we don't take the time to, we don't take the time every day to like do practices that will cleanse us because we do absorb a lot of people's shit, you know? Mm. Uh, and this brings me to my next question. And mm. you've managed to hold space for yourself in the midst of all of this, but at the same time, you channeled all of this pain and grief into empower mm. uh, and i've i've personally done a session and i um was magical yeah i i think our conversations also together are sessions in themselves but <laughs> you know um i think what's beautiful about the way that you hold space for others is that you're very empowering you know you i think you really you make the other person internalize and really feel how powerful they are but you also understand that everyone's in their own journey, you know, and you can't speed up a process. It looks different for everyone. You know, till today, I still practice some of the tools that you've recommended. I wanted you to tell us more about it mm. and, and where it came from. Mm. So what I love about that is it answers, it actually goes back to one of your earlier questions, which is how do you hold space or whatever and I actually think that that's I think helping people is critical when you are going through something because it takes you outside of yourself you know that's how you don't wallow because actually if you're suddenly focusing on someone else it takes you out of it and it's always easier to see other people than to see ourselves but I think I've always loved motivating people I think from a young age and I've always loved connecting with people. And Empower was a very natural progression. But like like many things and like with the podcast, I kind of woke up one morning and just said, yeah, it's time. I'm going to do this now. And I think for ages, I was afraid to let myself be seen in that way. So actually, what is Empower? Empower I mean, I call them life coaching sessions, but I think I don't really like the word life coaching. I mean, you could call them spiritual guidance but basically it's a session where whatever each, you know, it's, it's unique to whatever each person needs, but I draw on my 
life and my skills and my tools. So whether that's my tools as a lawyer, not in terms of legal advice, obviously, but simply in terms of even just, you know, analytical skills, the way that I approach things, the way that I see certain things with my spiritual studies, with my yoga, with the sound healing and curating and creating a container for people to step into their most empowered selves. Because I can't do anything for you. And frankly, you know, I don't want, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who's going to say, oh, I can heal you. I can't do anything, you know, but you can. And I think we all forget that we have so that power. And it's literally just me in different ways holding up a mirror to people. And I suppose in a way sharing my energy because something that I've, I've been doing more and more energy work and it's something that I think I still feel a little bit weird talking about because it sounds very woo-woo and very, um, you know, if you're not in that world, it sounds completely nuts. And actually I've started joking about it with my parents now because I send them all of these memes of like <laughs> me now being super spiritual and they just think I'm like this lunatic, like a fairy going through a forest, like ding, 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 ding. Um, daughter <laughs> <laughs> but you know there is something with energy and I think I have an energy at least when I'm with people uh people feel it and that's a feedback that I've always kind of received and so empower is also me channeling that to yeah help people or help share my gifts or you know whatever intuitive like a lot of it's very intuitive I get a lot of intuitive hits again that sounds you know it will either resonate with whoever's listening or it won't um but, you know, even my dreams, like I was saying, like my, you know, as you know, my dreams speak to me. So a lot of things, I mean, the, the amount of things where I find things out in my dreams and then they kind of are confirmed in the coming days or even, you know, intuitive hits. Like I suppose it's what people call channeling, like a song will come in or some words or it's, it's like in deep intuitive knowing. But when you can connect that to another person, it allows you to, yeah, to empower them. Mm. I recommend to do a session with Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I love our sessions. Well, last night was really powerful. I did a sound healing last night in Cairo. And what's also amazing, and that's what I love also about Empower is when, I mean, people can come once or they can come several times. It's whatever each individual wants. But especially with the sound healings, you know, when you, it's a bit like even when you develop a friendship, you know, things get deeper with time and as trust is built. So I've been doing sessions with a particular group of people and each session, you know, their energy and mine is, goes better together and theirs with each other goes better together. And so yesterday was so powerful, so powerful. Like yeah. one of the people told me she felt that she literally, she told me that she felt like this warm light enter her body and like sweep through her. And she said she'd only experienced this like two times in her life before in a meditation and she's in her 60s. And again, a few months ago, if you had said, Emily, you're going to be doing sound healing sessions, I would have been like, no, I'm not. I just, I couldn't see it. And then everything just, everything unravels. And it's, it's funny because I, I'm looking, sorry, but I'm looking at a, I have this fan that I got in Ibiza and it's displayed on my shelf in my house. And it says, and it's like a, um, a metallic, iridescent, shimmering, glittering fan. And it says on it, I only fuck with magic. And to be honest, that is what has come out of all of this. That's what you've been doing, huh? <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, 
No, but I was going to say what's beautiful about sound is that, and you know, like this this woman described, and you know, she felt this light enter her body. It re, it just travels to where it's needed to go without doing anything, and mm. it's so gentle. Well, what's so beautiful it's, about sound is the way it was described to me, which I loved, which was that if you think of the body as being a vessel and it's filled with energy. Sometimes we think of a block as being a block we have to remove. You know, it's like you'll hear in yoga, like breathe through the blockage or remove the blockage or whatever. But actually a blockage is simply an absence of flow of energy. And what's amazing about the sound is sound, like literally the vibration and the frequency will travel through and it will go into all of those spots. And you don't have to intellectualize it. You don't have to mentalize it. You don't have to understand or know. It will go where it needs to go. And so actually it's so powerful because you can completely relax into the knowing that it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Mm, literally. That was also a lesson, you know, for me. It's like, okay, when I'm doing, because even when you, when you play the sound, they are balls that, they are instruments of the quantum realm. And so as the energy of the group rises through the session, I literally hear the balls play in a purer way. The sound is more pure, more clear, yeah. And, no, really, you feel it. And they've they the sound is literally almost different. Like they vibrate differently. And it's the same with your thoughts. You know, it's like, is this thought, is this experience, is this person bringing me, for me at least the question, is it bringing me peace? Is it bringing me joy? Do I feel good around this? And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, how do I redirect? You know? You, you were saying, and I'm not going to heal you. You're the one that has the power to heal yourself, right? Mm. And when you have these energy blockages, it's just the energy isn't flowing freely the way that it should be, right? So mm. a, lot of, a lot of us, when things are going wrong, we think there's something wrong with ourselves. Mm. But in, in truth, it's, there's, there was nothing wrong with us to start. It's just in, our energy is is scattered and we need to recall it back to ourselves. And I think in one of the struggles with doing that is, is boundaries. Yeah. So I think, so I think I'm actually going to say, I'm going to use the word discernment beyond boundaries because boundaries are obviously crucial. And obviously you and I have spoken so much about each of our own boundaries and how we relate to others. I sent you something that I rent that I read the other day, which was saying, you know, boundaries is a bit like having a very strong spine, but also a soft, open belly. So you're kind of turning your back to the things that are not for you, but you're always keeping yourself open, you know, to the light, to the sun, to the things that you do want. And I think with energy, at least, in, I don't, this is a thought I had last night actually, but I was thinking how when you're glowing, or when you're in a phase of your life where you're radiant or, and inshallah, it's always happening. But when that's the case, people, people will be attracted to the light. And that's when you have to use your discernment in knowing, and it's not always just people, it's even in, in terms of, you know, the opportunities that I'm being offered. Does this match what I really want? Does this match the frequency that I want in my life? And I always say, to my partners, actually, like when I first meet them, because often I get this experience, what I have had an experience in my past where people will meet me and they'll go, oh my God, you're amazing. And I'm like, cool, great. I'm not your savior. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm not your savior. Like the fact you love my energy is wonderful, 
But just so that we're clear, I'm not here to heal you, save you, guide you, whatever it is. You know, you've got to look at that within yourself. You know, when you, you're, 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 you're in such a good place and you're so happy and you're doing your thing and then you just get that stare from someone that's really close mm. to you <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like, they're not happy for you. You know that it's like, how do you protect yourself from that? I think that it's that we can all, and again, even though you can be joyful and light and making the most out of a situation, that doesn't mean that you don't feel grief. That doesn't mean that you don't feel jealousy or envy or or any of, they're all human feelings. So we all have them sometimes and they're all normal to a certain degree. I think if it's a person where you feel that they're just basically never really happy for you because it's basically showing them, you know, whatever, they, either that they wish that they had it or what they're not daring to do in their life. Um, I mean, it depends, but like there are people like that and it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they're in a lower frequency. So I just avoid, it's like, it's like the Nile. Like yeah. I don't go drink polluted water. Yeah, Emily, I love that. <laughs> but it can, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like, so what I was going to say was in human design, what I really like is, is there's no shame around any human emotion. So if you feel jealous of someone or something, rather than feeling jealous because, oh, I shouldn't feel jealous. It's like, okay, me being jealous is actually a sign that this is something I want. Mm -hmm. And what is it about this person or this situation? You know, is it that they feel, is it that they have this perceived freedom? Is it because they get to travel the world? Is it because they have a career that they love? Um, you know, and that's not always a bad thing. Maybe it's shining a light on something that, you know, you want to explore further. Mm. We've covered so many things today but before we bring the episode to a close it's a ritual to ask you anything <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you today mm. what is the best compliment you have ever received that's a good one I've never been <laughs> asked that before <laughs> I know my answer but you mm. go first the best compliment I've ever received is when people tell me that they feel at peace around me. What's yours? I wish I'd met you earlier. Do you know what? I never wish I'd met anyone earlier. The good? Well, yeah, I no. guess you trust in the divine time. Well, I mean, earlier I wasn't who I am now, you know? Mm. If I'd met whoever I'd met 10 years ago, probably it would have, you know, we wouldn't have even, who knows, you know, it's, no, that's one thing I absolutely trust is the timing of life. What I'm interested in, well, many things, but you've obviously followed this journey that I've been on in the yeah. last nine months. And what has been your favorite part of my journey? What's been the most exciting thing or something I told you where you thought, God, that was hilarious or fabulous or whatever it was? <laughs> Elami, there's so much. My favorite part of your journey, like to be honest, is I've said this as soon as we started, the grace in which you carry yourself mm. in all your variations. Uh, it's just so empowering, it's so beautiful and inspiring. Yeah. The funniest, <laughs> well, I have to say the funniest thing just happened recently, so I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, expected but unexpected. Uh, 
I don't think we can talk about that on the podcast. I don't think we can talk about that one, but I I think (laughs) just to wrap it up, you know, it's just the journey and the lesson and the reminder is always to trust in divine timing Mm. and that we are always guided Mm. and that we we make the choice, right? We wake up every day choosing, like you said, are you going to drink from the dirty water? And I think I'm going to walk away with this today, you know, and it's going to be in the front of my consciousness because it's such a powerful reminder. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time and your energy. And it feels so good to be back. I can't wait for more episodes. When I come Uh, in. (laughs) Have a gorgeous day. And thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for joining The Wizard in the World. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much for all your support. We can't wait until next time. Until then, don't forget to stay magic.